Blog Talk Radio. Boxing, 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 boxing. You're tuned into Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, 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 boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast midweek show coming at you in full effect like we like to do each and every Wednesday. And even though there's been no sports on for the last two to three days, which has been killing me, no basketball. Well, I guess if we want to call college basketball, but I don't watch that shit. No professional sports. Ain't shit been going down. But finally, the big fight weekend is here. The big fight weekend is here. And I'm so excited to talk about it. Now, like I said, this is a couple of the slowest days in sports. But the promotion for this fight, and if you don't know which fight I'm talking about, I'm talking about Wilder versus Fury 2 for the WBC Heavyweight Championship of the World for for the for to be able to be titled the best heavyweight in the game. You know, there's another guy out there with the three other three three of the other belts. But we're not counting him at this time. I'm talking the two best heavyweights in the game going at it for the second time. You know, very excited for this, man. Great week, weekend of boxing, and we're going to talk about it. We're definitely going to talk about it. Now, I'm out here, your host of the Wednesday show, Will of the King. I'm out here in West Texas again, doing my goddamn job out here in something called a Candlewood Suite. You know me, I'm used to Hilton, I'm used to, you know, double trees, embassy suites, stuff like that. I'm out here in some place called Monahans, Texas, where Popeyes, there's no church's chicken, you know. Seems like the barbecue place, for some reason, was closed today. I tried to eat barbecue closed today. There's a McDonald's and the damn Dairy Queen and the Subway. That's all we got out here. I'm out here. But for some reason, I'm still excited, and I know what it was. This weekend is coming. It's here. Fireworks to start it off. A lot of shit talking. You know, we're going to talk about that. Undercard. We're going to talk about that. Is $79 going to be worth it? We're going to talk about that. 
But yeah, man, Fox, ESPN, they've been doing an excellent job of promoting this. The internet, their uh, presence on the internet is being felt. You know, PBC doing their little thing, um, ESPN doing their thing. Great job, great job. Even had the cross promotion today on the uh, on the press conference with Timothy Bradley and Sean Porter, you know, giving their commentary on it. But yeah, man, I'm excited. The fight is here. You know, it's been a little lull in boxing. You know, big big time boxing start the year off. You know, we haven't had anything too crazy. You know, since the Charlo. Um, you know, a lot of showcases, but it's finally here. But before we get into that, I think my man RC said he's going to be a little late. So we're definitely hoping to hear from him. Hopefully we can hear from my boy Seattle Sean calling and make a prediction. You never know. But with that said, let's take it to Southern California out there in Inglewood to the host of the new sports center. My hand, heavy handed J, aka JP. JP, what's popping, man? Man, ain't no thing. Hump day, hump day. Um, and you know, just excited to get this one in. I think it's the one we've all been waiting for. Will probably be the biggest fight of the year. Um, the the price point to me is <clears throat> really gouging, but this is a great fight for boxers. You know, I think it, it had been a long time. We had had, it felt like a decade or more, maybe since Tyson Lewis, since there was really any interest at all in the heavyweight division. And when Deontay Wilder came around, and, you know, Vladimir Klitschko was kind of a stalwart <clears throat> there for over a decade, but just wasn't making it interesting. And, um, you know, it's good for boxing, man. I think this fight is getting a lot of buzz outside of boxing. I feel like there's going to be a lot of celebrities ringside, which is always great for the optics. And I think it's going to just be an overall great night for boxing. Um, Very excited and can't wait to break it down and see what you guys think and hear your predictions. Uh, I myself, um, just been taking in all the YouTube videos and digesting it all and trying to come up with some kind of math that makes sense to me from what I'm seeing. But then again, in boxing, man, we all know, once people get in the ring, all the stare downs, all the guy who turned it away first from the stare down, none of that stuff matters when it gets in the ring. We all know that. Uh, PBC, top rank, <clears throat> like you mentioned, Willa, have done a fantastic job promoting this fight. And it's like Bob Barham said from the beginning, they don't really got to promote it. It was already written, signed, and sealed. I think um, Fury had done enough on his side, and it's something we talk about a lot here on the Outsiders Boxing Podcast, is getting your, getting your weight up. And Fury went off, and now he dipped from the immediate rematch that was pending, that could have happened, dipped off, and took two fights between signed the contract with ESPN. But uh, in, in the between time, he still got his weight up. Now, he didn't look fantastic in those fights. Nonetheless, I still feel like he got his weight up more than coming into the first fight. Um, This is going to be a million 
plus buy fight, uh, a fight where you see, you know, I think a million and a half possibly. So that's a huge number in today's climate, especially with the price point. Um, I feel like YouTube, everybody's just, we got some pushing and shoving today. So that's always good to get the juices flowing. We got the, the good trash talk finally. And even Deontay, Will, I think to, to your liking, Deontay's a lot better on the mic these days. You know, Deontay is really a lot better. His trash talk is better. Um, and Deontay's just looking comfortable. So we'll get to it all, man. As you can see, I'm excited. Let's do it. Definitely. Let's do it, man. Uh, you know, we're going to definitely talk about that press conference. That was a good one. Um, we're going to talk about Deontay's mic skills because even though it seems like he's getting better, he says some things that just, uh, it makes me cringe when a guy can say, we don't understand what you're talking about and you're speaking English. You know, that always gets me. It makes me cringe. But, yeah, he he's done way better, man. And hopefully uh, we can get the fellas in. Um, so we might, we're going to take it slow while we wait on these guys. And we're going to talk about, is this card worth the damn? Now, JP, you started off saying that you think they're gouging us a little bit. We're talking about uh, $79 for the HD pay-per-view. Um, and, you know, that might not, that, that that's around the same as, most pay-per-views, you know, I think we saw the, what the McGregor, the McGregor um, Mayweather, I think was in the eighties and the nineties. I think, you know, um, 79, it doesn't seem good. That doesn't seem that bad. But when you take a deeper look at the undercard, it makes me wonder, am I going to have the fight party? Cause this is a perfect, perfect fight big-time heavyweight boxing that I want, that I was thinking about having a fight party. In fact, you know, I made my schedule around the time, so I'm making sure that I was at the crib uh, that weekend, this weekend. Um, nothing else could could stop me from going, make sure everything, all the work's going to be done for then. And then the undercard comes out. And we talked about this a little bit, but we're going to, uh, you know, go a little bit further. So the first fight Fundora versus Daniel Lewis. Both undefeated. I've seen Sebastian Fundora. He sort of has that Paul Williams type look. It's a junior middleweight fight. Um he's got he's a young kid. Um I'm not exactly sure what his record is. Let me let me pull up that box record. I'm not even sure why I don't have it up right now. But I think he's probably like uh thirteen and oh. Okay, yeah, he's thirteen and oh with one draw. Uh, I saw him fight not too long ago, I'm thinking. Um, and I think he got – so he's coming off a split decision draw. So he's coming off of a, a, a split draw, his last fight. He's a tall guy, nothing to write home about, gets hit a lot, reminds me of some kind of Paul Williams type figure, very tall in there. He's at junior middleweight. He's six. They're saying he's six five. I don't think he's six five, but he might be six five. Cause when I when I remember him, goddamn, they're saying he's six five. That might be he might be six five. This was a long <laughs> character. Gave me that Paul Williams feel. Very skinny, twenty two years of age, but he's fighting a guy named Derek Lewis. 
uh, Daniel Lewis, who's 6-0. and I've never heard of him. Second fight on the card, Emmanuel Navarrete, um, champion, very good fighter, guy, young guy. Um, I believe he is, I think he has one loss, if I'm right. Yeah, he's 30 and 1, 25 years of age, 26 KOs. Um, coming off, he's the guy that knocks guys out, super bantamweight champion, uh, fight putting up his WBO bantamweight champion. But he's fighting some guy, J-E-O. I don't know if that's Heo because he's uh, – I think he's Filipino, so I don't really know. Santissima, never heard of this guy before. He's 19 and 2, uh, 16 KOs. But his last loss was uh, like six years ago, 2014. He's been fighting in the Philippines for his whole entire career. This is his first fight coming over to fight anybody outside the Philippines, and he's fighting world champion, Emmanuel Navarrete. So another guy I've never heard of. Then the co-main event, co-main event. You know, usually when you hear co-main event, you're thinking that these should be some top-notch fighters, top-notch boxers for some kind of belt. But no, we're getting Charles Martin, 27-2, and with one draw, versus Gerald Washington, 20-3, and with one draw. Uh, Charles Martin coming off the two wins. 2018, he got that unanimous uh, decision loss to Kalnacki, Adam Kalnacki. And we also remember him going over there to uh, to the U.K. and stinking it up, getting KO'd by Anthony Joshua back in 2016. He's going against Gerald Washington, of who I believe – he also lost to Adam Kanaki. Yeah, he lost to Adam Kanaki back uh, last year, early last year, about a year ago. Lost to Big Baby Miller and also KO. Well, got he got stopped by Big Baby Miller, and we all remember him getting KO by Deontay Wilder. Now, looking at this undercard, I'm thinking to myself, you know, what the hell is PBC and uh, and Top Rank doing? Why can't they couldn't make any better fights than this? Um, this is making me. My my wife asked me today. You know, what are you thinking? Are we going to have people over? Are we doing the fight night? And I told her, I don't. You know, I don't think so. Think we're going to do it. This is going to be a boring two or three hours. You know, of first two. Well, the first two or three hours. You know, I like to, when I have a boxing party, I like to sit back, relax, have a couple of drinks, and watch fighting and have people interested and have people ready. Not, you know, not people watching fighters we've never heard of, watching guys do showcases. I don't even know if these are showcases, to tell you the truth, because we've never heard of these guys. We know Charles Martin versus Washington, that might be an even fight, but. You know, these are two guys nobody's worried about. Nobody's worried about this at all. I don't know. This is for the IBF eliminator. Who cares about these guys? I'm not sure why they make these fights on the biggest the biggest fight of the year. 
they have one of the worst undercards of the year. This is pretty bad. And it makes me definitely not want to have a fight party at the house. I'm not going to pay $79 plus tax, $85 to watch and food, you know, because when you have the party, you're going to have to have the food. You know, I usually like to do some kind of maybe wings or I'll do like some tacos or nachos. Or I might get on the grill, you know, when we're having big fights. But they make me just want to go to the local bar where I know it's going to be free, get some wings for $10, give me a couple of drinks for $20, and that's a $30 night. And I could sit there and watch the Rockets. Play. I think they're playing Utah Jazz at the same time while I'm building while we're building up for this fight. So I think this is a poor, poor undercard. Seventy nine dollars. I think they're spitting in our faces. Now I still think this is going to sell. Like JP said, this is going to do a million views. Hope uh, more than likely. We'll see. You know, we'll see. But it should be one of the top selling pay per views of the year. Um. But, yeah, man, when it comes to this undercard, I think it's hogwash. Uh, JP, man, I know you said you, you think you're getting gouged. I broke down the undercard for you. Are you excited about any of these fights? Will you be having the fight party? With, do you think the fight party is worth it? And, uh, you know, how do you feel about this undercard and paying $79 for this? Yeah, for me, it's like a Buffalo Wild Wings night. But they're probably charging twenty to get in around here, so it's more like one of those things where I get the fellas. I say, "All right, y'all shoot me ten, and I get about forty bucks back from them, and I take the hit." But definitely not a fight party. I guess you could in some sense, but the undercard is going to be so garbage. You get to see Navarrete. Now that's, this is for hardcores, and this is why I said it was gouging because. You're forcing hardcore's hand. There are certain fights they do where they force a hardcore fighter's hand. Now, this is a a fight that has casual interest. Um, so I don't feel it as much here. But a lot of fights force a, a hardcore's hand, like a like if they were to do a Charlo Harrison Part Three and decide to make it fifty nine ninety nine. That's a, a a fight that is probably more catering to the hardcore fight fans that we're like, oh. And you're forcing my hand here, but at this price point, and you like you mentioned, Willow, this is kind of round about the average price point for a big time high profile fight. But um, usually, you just have more of the undercards. And if you go back to some of those Mayweather undercards, I believe it was Mayweather Canelo. You had what was it, uh, Danny Garcia Matisse on the undercard? I believe it was like some of those undercards were phenomenal. And here we have. And this is like a slap in the face. A co-main of Gerald Washington and Charles Martin. I mean, this is going to look bad on TV, man. These dudes are not good. You know, you're going to get the one of the big – you're going to get the biggest audience. I don't give a damn if Canelo fights whoever the, later this year. It's not going to do bigger numbers than this fight. <clears throat> And you're going to get the most eyeballs on boxing you're going to have all year. And you're going to put these two bumps, you know, and that's for lack of a better word. I don't, they're not bumps. But Charles Martin isn't going to look in shape. Um, 
So that's bad. You know, it's just it's not going to look good. These guys are going to look kind of unorthodox, not well-coordinated, certain things like that, man. And people are going to be like, really? You get to see Navarrete, who's a purely of hardcore interest. Um, you know, the Nejo killer, the dog bowl killer is who Navarrete is. And um, whoever the hell else was on there, but... No, I, I feel like that price point is a bit steep. I don't feel it's steep if it's seventy four ninety nine now. You know, seventy nine ninety nine makes me feel differently for whatever. But that's eighty bucks. But give me something on the undercard, man. Give me something, something because I really don't have very much. Now, of course, I'll watch Charles Martin and Gerald Washington punch it out. I, I don't. I expect it to be a sloppy slugfest to some degree. I don't. I, I think that thing will end earlier, early rather than going to full twelve. But um, it might possibly even be fun. But point being, boxing should do itself a, a better job in taking advantage of having all these eyeballs on boxing. But again, Richard said boxing is a baby born with a black eye. You can't destroy it, and you can't fix it, and it's always going to do something to shoot itself in the foot. And if you ask me, that's what they're doing right here. But it is what it is, man. Everybody's going to get it because the big fight is so compelling. So it is what it is. They could do this to us. They didn't have to promote it, and they don't have to sell it, and they don't have to give a shit on their cards. They know that, and they're doing it. Yeah, man, it could be. It could be there getting those the cheapest option when it comes to the undercard so they can give these guys all the money that they're going to be receiving because both of these guys are about to get paid when it comes to Wild and Fury. And before we get into the fight, before we get into our fight predictions, before we talk about the press conference, which got a little heated, started off with a bang, ended real calmly, ended real smoothly, I want to take it to my man Seattle Sam, who's joined us <clears throat> And I just want to get his thoughts. Want to first of all see how he's doing out there in Seattle, and then second of all, want to get his thoughts on the undercard. If he didn't hear, we've got Sebastian Fundora versus Daniel Lewis. Uh, Fundora is a guy I have seen. I think they say he. First, I remember him being tall and skinny, but they say he's a six-five junior middleweight, and that might make sense because junior middleweights are probably like average-sized guys. And he was way taller than when I remember the last guy he fought. Uh, 6'5", junior middleweight, young guy. We got Navarrete putting up his WBO super bantamweight title against Iho Santissima. Not sure who that guy is. I know who Navarrete is. Not sure who Santissima is. And the co-main event for Wilder Fury 2, the biggest fight of the year. The biggest fight probably since Mayweather-Pacquiao, I I think. The co-main event is Charles Martin versus versus Gerald Washington for some kind of IBF eliminator. Sean, what do you think about that undercard, man? Before we get into our predictions and going into the fight, you know, I want to take it slow so we make sure we can get you on and make sure we can get RC on, who should be calling in anytime soon, hopefully. But, yeah, man, what do you think about this undercard? Is it worth the seventy nine dollars? And is this a good? This yeah, is it good, man? What's up, Sam? 
Oh, what's going on? Um, you know, you, I mean, it's self-explanatory. Which, you know, you guys, I heard a little bit what you guys are saying. I mean, you know, we 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 all know boxing. You know, we all have different levels of how much we know boxing, but we all know boxing. So we know good fights when we see it. So that card that you read me, you know, we know what it is. I mean, it's a horrible card. Um, you wonder, is it what you said? where they want to keep the whole money for the main event guys, you know, uh, because of how much they're demanding, you know, to be paid for this type of fight? Or is it um, something maybe a little different where, you know, Top Rank and uh, PBC have just, just, it's hard for them to really iron out deals to make fights because, uh for whatever reason, I don't know. Because if you remember, the Mayweather-Pacquiao undercard wasn't good either. You know what I mean? So you have to wonder, uh, you know, what what the deal with that is. I mean, I remember not too long ago there was, they said uh, they were going to add another fight to the card, and it was going to be a PBC fighter versus a top rank. And then like a week later or whatever, they scrapped it. So. You just got to wonder, is is there just too much business going on on both sides, too much issues, maybe ill will, bad blood, where they just can't, they could, bear, you know, they could, you know, they can give us the fight that we really want, but if we're asking for any more, we're probably not going to get it. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. That could be it, man. I'm thinking when you mentioned the Mayweather Pacquiao, you know, those guys are getting paid too. So I'm thinking, you know, they probably, I'm thinking it's more that they're just, you know, they're going to have to pay these guys up for probably like 25, 20 million, 20 plus million per. And, uh, you know, they're just trying to save all the money they can because they're not sure how many, they're not sure, you know, both of these guys ain't baking the bank, uh, ain't bake, breaking the bank when it comes to pay per view buys. Um, so I think they might be taking it cautiously and, uh, saving that money, man. But like I said, I'm definitely not having the having a house full of people to watch a bunch of bums fight, um, this Saturday. I'll Cause be that's a lot of time to bar. kill. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. I mean, whew, it is, man. Like, you know, you sitting around cause they're not only are they, you know the fights going on, but they, there's a lot of stuff in between where they're they're building up to the main event, and a lot of time goes by, man. That's why it's like trying to you know host people and all that. Man, it can get real stale quick. You know what I mean? If there's not a good card, uh, that's why it's you know it's better to you know try to link up somewhere and maybe you know go to a, you know like me, I'm I'm probably gonna hit a casino. You know what I mean? So. I mean, I haven't decided exactly yet, but I'm not paying for that, man. Come on. That that's that's just crazy. You know what I mean? Uh I could find other ways of watching the fight and not have to come out my pocket for the you know, and watch it at home or whatever. When I can go somewhere and watch it for cheaper and all that and and, you know, not feel like I got hustled. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean it's unfortunate, you know, for a fight this big, you know, um a fight that's been anticipated that they couldn't at least give us one really good fight on the undercard. But, hey, it is what it is. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'll be, I'll be at the bar where I, where I know it's going to be free. You know where I know the wings are cheap, and uh, you know I know it'll probably be packed in there because most people are going to have the same sentiments as me. And I'll be able to watch the Rockets play that small ball, that 2020 small ball on these boys, man. So let's get into it, man. Let's get into the fights. You know, one of the biggest rematches of all time, you know, one of the biggest fights probably in the last decade or so. Like I said, this is the biggest fight since Mayweather-Pacquiao. A lot of anticipation, a lot of buildup. You know, the first fight was, I believe, 2018, December of 2018, ended in a draw controversially. A lot of people thought Tyson Fury outboxed Deontay Wilder and put enough rounds in the bank before getting knocked down two times. Last one being in the 12th round by a vicious straight right left hook combination, put him on the ground. He rose. Some people say like the Undertaker, but, you know, he didn't rise up like that. But he got up. It makes for a good story. He got up after some kind of, some would say a slower count, but he definitely got up. And then after that, started bringing it to Deontay Wilder. Um, I had it as a draw. Watching it again, you know, I thought Deontay Wilder might have won a couple of the first rounds. But, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. A lot of jabbing going on. I can see you giving it to either guy the first couple of rounds. He definitely was losing the middle round, but he won the rounds where he got the knockdown, where I was giving him a draw. But a lot of people say Fury won the fight. Um, first press conference, excellent, excellent. A lot of noise talking. Deontay Wilder was getting owned in there. Tyson Fury doing his best job selling the fight, calling him a calling him a dowser, a, a dozer, a dowser, something like that. Um, you know, seemed to be getting in Wilder's head. But this time around, press conferences, the first two press conferences were very mild. You know, both guys, they did a little jaw-jabbing jaw when they faced each other off. But during the interview section, they, were, they weren't really going at each other much, giving each other a lot of respect, a lot of you know, a lot of compliments towards each other. But the third one today out there in Las Vegas, it got very heated, very heated, very entertaining. They came out, both guys got introduced, Deontay Wilder first being the champion, came out there. Tyson Fury comes out. He's got a hoodie and glasses on uh, and shades on, and he gets in Deontay Wilder's face. They talk noise for about two or three minutes. Deontay, Tyson Fury starts pushing up a little bit on Deontay Wilder going chest to chest. Deontay Wilder sort of gives him the muscle push, not a not a hard push, but a grab you and push you back. Tyson Fury pushes him. They, you know, everybody's everybody rushes the stage. Security. Deontay Wilder's brother, I believe, he steps in front of Tyson Fury, his brother who's been knocked out plenty of times. I don't know what kind of uh, you know, what kind of security he would be. He would, he seems to be easy to sleep, but he's in, uh, I believe that was him in front of Wilder standing there like he's a tough guy. Um, but, yeah, man, great interview. 
I mean, great press conference, a lot of trash talking. Deontay Wilder seemed to seemed to have hit his stride as best as he can as far as the, the, the talking. He did a lot more talking, sounded a lot more confident. You know, he even had Tyson Fury had to stand up and get a little upset. Tyson Fury cursing, you know, stuff we never heard him, you know, we, we rarely hear him do, calling him a bitch and a pussy and stuff like that. But one thing that sort of hurt me, I want to see if JP heard this, is when Wilder said he got the six-foot inches nails. What are six-foot inches nails? I don't know. Wilder said some stuff, and he said it like two or three times that he's been practicing that. Um, but Wilder did a good job, man. I was very, I was very entertained by the whole format they had uh, for the press conference. They went in. Uh, the, the way I saw it was, I saw it on like BT Sports or something like that. So I didn't get to see. Like they may, they had commercials and they had, you know, they would take breaks and show video and they even had a breakdown of it with commentary with uh, Bradley from Top Rank and Sean Porter from PBC. So they had, you know, showing the co-promotion. I think they did a great job, man. Got me a little more excited for the fight, which is going to be hard to do because, like I said, I've been on YouTube all week <laughs> checking out the build-up, checking out Tyson Fury's um, interviews checking out Wilder's interviews. And I think this is going to be a hell of a fight, man. So before we get into predictions, we're going to talk a little bit about the press conference. Uh, JP, were you able to check out the press conference? I know you you sent the, sent the initial tweet over the infamous group, t- uh, group chat, and that was why I was able to check it out. I went back and checked it out after you sent it. Um, did you like the – press conference, the final one, and how do you think each man did when it comes to the trash talk? Yeah, I mean, I don't believe it was 100% genuine. I mean, I believe those guys were selling a bit because, I mean, they damn near was kissing each other, man. I mean, like, Jesus Christ, dude. I don't know if I could even be that close to a man's mouth for that long. Them dudes was an inch from each other's mouth for like it felt like minutes before they really got going. But uh, on to some of the uh, intangibles. None of this shit matters when the fight starts, man. All this stare down stuff and who looks away first and uh, who seems to be living rent free, quote unquote, in somebody's head. All of that shit. We've seen it didn't matter with Charlo. We've seen it don't matter time and time again. That said, we love it, right? Um, Wilder seems to be far more comfortable, man. And Wilder and one of these – oh, so I want to touch on one of the sentiments you you touched on, Willa. Um, a lot, I hear a lot of people saying after further review, um, going back and watching the, the first fight a second and third time around, a lot of people are swinging there like, you know what, uh, maybe I was just giving Fury a few style points there. You know, just for style and a bit, and you know, people. Hey, and, and also grading on that on that curb. Well, he didn't get knocked out. You know, some of that goes into it too. So you know, we giving a guy so much goddamn credit for getting up, motherfucker. You was down. You know what I mean? But you know, so after further review, I feel like a lot of people are kind of having a different look at how they seen the fight the first time. But um. Going into this fight, man, Wilder kind of saying uh, something I've said since the very first fight ended. He got the psychological advantage. I believe you're seeing it. Um, 
one thing big about Fury is that if you ask me, he's having somewhat of an identity crisis. And this is where I have some advantage towards Wilder. Um, Wilder, just same old Wilder, doing the same old thing, seems to be getting a little better at it, right? In the fights we've seen him since we've seen him in the ring with Fury. Fury, on the other hand, is still losing mounds of weight, has trade, uh, turned and went to a complete different camp, um, and is now seeming like he wants to knock Deontay Wilder out. And that's one of the things going into the fight that we got to talk about, too. This Sugar Hill, Sugar Hill Stewart, or whatever the, the trainer is, I heard an interview with him. They're really going to try to knock Deontay out. I, I believe that. I do believe that. But uh, as far as the press conference goes, man, I, just, I think he's seen Wilder just a lot more comfortable. Um, I feel like Fury just uh, was more selling. I feel like Wilder just was more confident overall, and it seemed natural. And he said what I've been saying. I dropped you twice, bro. Look, I know boxing is a scoring system, but between two men, when we fight and I drop you twice and you don't hurt me really like that, I'm going to feel pretty good about it. And um, I hadn't seen nothing like you the first time, and so I, I just feel like Wilder is looking and seeming far more confident than he did in the first fight. Um, I'm very excited about it. I don't feel like either guy lost anything in, as far as the interaction with went. But um, Deontay has improved um, mounds as far as his microphone, his him being an MC. You know, even since the first fight with Fury, but if you go back years ago, Deontay, I mean, you're talking about a guy who really wasn't speaking too well. And now, now, not that he's, a, you know, a wordsmith or anything like that or he's freaking Michael Eric Dyson or no shit like that, but, you know, Deontay can hold his own. And it's getting pretty good. It seems like the people, he, he's finally starting to turn the people too, man. And I think if Deontay Wilder can win this fight emphatically, we got a new people's champ. We got a new uh, number one type athlete in the United States on the cusp of. So, yeah, man, um, good good promotion for the fight. Some pushing and shoving. We love that. Some good, good trash talk from both guys. So we really got the juices flowing. I think it got us all excited. So I'm, I'm happy about it. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it too, man. And, you know, besides – you know, Deontay Wilder saying he has six-foot-inches nails that he's going to uh, put in Tyson Fury's coffin. What stood out to me is, remember the first fight when when <laughs> when Wilder said something about when I move, you move, and then Fury hit him with the I move, you move, just like that. That was one of the highlights. Fury did hit him with a, a nice shot. If I don't know if you got to catch the whole thing, but Fury at one point was saying, you know, you're now the number three heavyweight in the game. And he was like, yeah, yeah, you're the number three. You know, you're you're, you're now number three heavyweight. The Fury was telling Wilder. And he was like, uh, who's number one? And he was like, I am. And he said, who's number two? And he said, your mama. And everybody started everybody started laughing. That was, <laughs> that was, that yeah, was that a good, good one, man. Show him. That. <laughs> yeah. He, he hit him with that. And I was like, damn, that boy hit him with your mama. I think even Wilder had to laugh a little bit. And he was like, yeah, my mom, my mom should be number two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they just like each other, man. I think they genuinely actually like each other. 
No, I I think they do because at the end, you know, Wilder did come out and say, you know, at the end it, it, it ended very smoothly, and Wilder did come out and say, you know, afterwards, after we fight, you know, all the bad blood is going to be behind us, and we'll be able to hug each other and say, you know, you did a good job. I think they got respect for each other, but I think, you know, when you – when you're ready to fight, man, those juices come out. And I think that's what happened. I don't know if it was all the work because they haven't been doing that the whole time. You know, I don't think they're going to sell any more tickets um, by getting each, in each other's faces and pushing each other. But I think, you know, I think they did a good job, man. Uh, Simon, man, what was your take on, on the press conference, bro? Uh, man, uh uh, you know, basically some of the same thoughts you guys said. I mean, uh, except for, um, you know, I would say that I think Wilder, you know, kind of got to Fury in a way I hadn't seen anybody get to Fury. That initial exchange they had where he was like, oh, you said you blessed me or something like that. And he was like, no, I bless you. You are a cokehead. He wasn't nothing, this and that. When he just went off on Fury like that, you could tell Fury just did not expect it, you know? And Fury was, like, and like stuck for a second. He, didn't, he couldn't even say nothing. And then that's when he kind of, like you said, he started acting a little different, like getting up and saying pussy and bitch and all that. You could tell that kind of affected Fury, man. Like, Fury wasn't, like, there was never been a point that at least I've seen in Fury's career where... I felt, and he also felt, like, you know, like, wow. Like, you know, like, Fury's not saying nothing. Fury had no response. You know what I mean? And I was surprised, and I know he damn sure was surprised. And, yeah, Wilder definitely came back with it, you know, uh, came back, you know, with the clip loaded. And, like, just Fury wasn't ready. And, um, like you said, that one joke at the end was pretty funny about the mom thing, but... I just think overall, Fury was kind of flustered after that initial exchange, and he just never really was the same. Uh, but, you know, as far as the fight goes, I mean, I don't think, you know, I don't think it's necessarily going to affect, you know, how the fight goes and this and that, uh, you know. But um, I just think that this is a situation where, you know, you win some, you lose some, you know. A lot of times Fury tends to get the, you know, win the battle of the, uh, the mouthpieces, and this time he, you know, I, I give the, I give the dub to uh, Wilder, no question. Yeah, man, I forgot. I, for some reason, I forgot about how he went in on him at the beginning. Talk about yeah, that he brought him to the big stages. He made you know everything that Tyson Fury was saying about him is really what he did for Tyson Fury. Yeah, you know, Deontay Wilder, he did. He did a pretty good job, man. He, you know, I like to dissect what he says with the with the fine tooth uh, fine tooth comb, and because he always says words wrong and he says shit that doesn't make any sense. But he did he he, he held himself very well, confidence, and I would give him that W, man. But like JP said, when it comes to the fight, all that talking, all that face off, all the pushing and shoving, it comes to an end. And um. Saturday night is going down, and we're going to see who the baddest heavyweight is in the game, man. Deontay Wilder, so let's get into it, man. Deontay Wilder, 42-0. and 0. What does he have? Uh, 41 knockouts. 
Yeah, forty-two and zero with forty forty-two and zero in one draw with forty-one knockouts. Going against Tyson Fury, twenty-nine and zero. I think he has. He might have twenty knockouts. I'm not. Let me pull it up so we can get put some respect on this man's name because they say he doesn't knock people out, but you know he does have twenty KOs, twenty-nine and zero, one draw, twenty KOs, man. While they're putting up his WBC heavyweight championship. Tyson Fury putting up his somehow, you know, I always say it. I don't know how you get stripped of all your titles, but still keep a title after you get busted for drug use and then retire. But somehow, you know, I think it's because he's got the complexion for the protection. He is the lineal champ still. And he's putting that up, you know, against Deontay Wilder, man. Like I said, controversial split draw in December 2018. Um, Since then, we've seen Deontay Wilder spark out Dominique Brazil in a first-round KO 2019, one of the knockouts of the year, and spark Luis Ortiz. Can't remember exactly what round it was, but later in the fight, after losing pretty much every round of of the fight, sparking them out in dramatic fashion for another highlight knockout of the year type specimen. Uh, while that was happening, Fury was fighting bums, such as uh, Tom Swartz, where he knocked him out, and then going all 12 with Otto Wallen. I believe, did he go all 12 with Otto Wallen? Uh, yeah, he got the unanimous decision win against Otto Wallen when he got his eye busted up, and that was in July... When was that? September. That was in September of last year. So not too long ago, he had to, I think he had to get 42 stitches over that, was that right eye, maybe? Plastic surgery on both the inside and out. So we're going to see if that holds up, man. But we've got to fight. And like I said before, man, when I when I went back and watched, watched the fight, you know, at first I thought I had – you know, at first I didn't really know what to think. I was happy with the draw, you know, and I was going to stick with my guy Wilder. But when I went back to watch it not too long ago, sat down and just watched it, um, I think I had I scored it a draw. I had Wilder winning the first couple of rounds and getting those two knockouts, uh, getting those two knockdowns to make it even. It was a tough fight, but I believe at the beginning of the fight, Wilder was able to jab Fury more times than he got jabbed because that's that's all they were really doing. They were just jabbing each other. And Wilder was jabbing Fury more times than he got jabbed. Now, Wilder was looking more crazy and missing a lot more shots than Fury was, but he also landed more shots. So, you know, it's either or, however you want to look at it. But I don't think it was a boxing lesson at the beginning. It turned into a boxing lesson. And it seems like a few times – Wilder was even, you know, he got popped in there a couple of times, especially that 12th round, you know, after he knocked Fury down. You know, he got he got hit a couple of times in that fight where it looked like he might have been a little shaky. And we've seen what happened with Ortiz, <clears throat> the first fight. We know that Wilder can get shaky. And that scares me a little bit. You know, I'm a Wilder guy. I'm bomb squad all the way. Going into this fight, I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared of what 
what I saw that last round. Fury was able to get up from devastating punches. Now, people say, like I said, people say that it was a slow count, and it might have been. People say that that left hand woke him up. People say that him hitting his head on the canvas might have woke him up, and it might have. But the point is, he got up. And then he started bringing it to Wilder. Now, Wilder was a little tired. It would be in the 12th round, giving it all you got, doing his little his little dance after he got knocked the knockdown and going to the corner, probably, you know, relieved that he got it over with. You know, that might have had a lot to do with it. But at the end of the fight, Fury was coming on strong and he was attacking and he was landing shots. And I didn't like that. And when, <clears throat> like JP said, Fury went to another trainer. He went to uh, Sugar Hill uh, from the Kronk gym. And he said that he's going for the knockout, that he's going to press forward. He's going to come in heavier, 270 pounds. I think that's what they want to weigh. Wilder's talking about coming in at 230. So he says he wants to come in and he wants to sit in there and trade. He wants to make a miss and hit him back, trade, instead of making a miss, then giving him a shot, then letting him punch, then giving up shots. He wants to come in and attack. And that sort of scares me, man. Wilder's a small guy. Fury's a big dude. I know we say, I know we say Fury has those feather fists and he's the polymalinaji of the heavyweight scene. But in that 12th round, he was hitting hitting Wilder when he wanted to, it seemed like, and Wilder was sort of shook. Now, like I said, it was the 12th. Wilder was tired. You never know. But that sort of, that sort of, scares me. We all know Fury comes to fight 100%. We all know he's a guy that seems like he might want to die die in the ring if he has to. And we all know that when it comes to the big fights, he raises his game up. You know, last two fights he was fighting bums, didn't look too good. Against Schwartz, you know, he got the knockout, but he didn't look that great doing it. Beating up a bum against Otto Wallin, you know, he went 12 rounds got cut, was getting hit, but, you know, he still he still made it out. This fight, I'm going wilder. I'm going wilder by knockout. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, JP, I'm a little scared when it comes to this fight, man. I can see if we believe Fury, if we believe Fury is coming in the fight, and he's going to out be outweighing Wilder by 40 pounds. I could see I could see Wilder hitting that canvas, and we don't know if he's going to be able to get up. We haven't seen him. Well, I guess he might have got knocked down early in his career, but since then we haven't seen him get knocked down. We saw his grit against Ortiz that first fight where he, he stayed up. You know, he didn't want to get knocked down, and he stayed up. But – I'm a little scared with this fight, man. I'm not making my official pick quite yet. I will. But I want to get your thoughts on this fight, man. Break it down for us, JP, and let us know who you got and how you got it. Well, very interesting, Willow. Those are some interesting nuances that you have to take into consideration. Um, the night of the fight, I believe Wilder came in about, which was lower than he had. I believe Wilder probably on average probably been coming around 220 probably. 
but he was even thinner that night, 212, man, or possibly 209, one or the other, but it was a very small Wilder. Um, The knockdowns. Now, Willa, you've recently seen it. You have to tell me if you think that those, those punches that dropped Fury in the 12th were flush and with that Wilder extension on them. I know there was a hook like uppercut combination, so it's not like a full extension of Wilder right hand, which we're used to seeing those those knockouts on highlight reels. This was a different variation of, of punches Wilder was throwing here at Fury, um, and not with the extension on them, a smaller Wilder. And I don't even know if they landed fleshly. When I, I recall seeing it when I seen it live, and being like, oh, I don't know, that ain't. That ain't the one like that, like that, but he fell, he collapsed so, like, lifelessly, you, we thought it was the one. Um, and that's just that part of it. But that was a much fatter theory, a much heavier around the core area theory. Now, to me, this is where it gets interesting. Now we have a much more slimmer tone, Tyson Fury, but um, I guess is is going to weigh more. No. Nope. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be bigger, so he's supposed to be coming in maybe 15 pounds more or something like that. Okay, now, dude, you can't gain muscle in three months and think you're going to be punching harder. That's not the translation. I think we're, you, me, Simon, we're novice to weight lifting, to boxing, all that to some degree. But I think we've got enough general knowledge to know you can't just kind of get some push-ups in and throw some medicines and balls around three months and think you're going to start punching somebody harder. Now, they're going on the notion No, the extra like weight is to lean on them. The, I like what, The extra weight that's is to try to lean on them. The, 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 the working out with the new trainer, the, this is just my, my, my logic on it, you know, what I think they're trying to do. The sitting down on the punches, that's something technical they're working on to help his to increase his power. The weight, I, if, if, first of all, I don't think he's going to come in that heavy. I could be wrong, but I think that might be a little bit of them talking. But if they are, I think that's because they want to be, they want to walk him down and they want to push him back and they want to like manhandle him. They want to lean on him, wear him, and then all that. While Wilder's, you know, so much lighter that he's going to have to exert so much energy just trying to keep Fury off him. You know what I mean? That's what I think the extra weight for. I don't think the extra weight is for the punching power. I think the 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 trainer and sitting down on their punches, that's for the, the punching power. But, yeah, go ahead. Keep going. That's good. That's good. I, I, and I agree with that. Uh, yeah, and I think it's probably more like a resistance thing and a – a thing where they feel they can weigh on them. Now, in theory, sure. Why not? That makes sense. But, you man, you're talking about a guy who, you know, seems to be punching dudes complete life out of them. You know, so I wouldn't go on a thought that, uh, you know, we will just lean on him against us. That, that's not going to be the safe bet, to, I think, to be Tyson Fury. Now, technically, like Simon is saying, him being able to sit on the punches that he does throw more, have some more leverage on him to, you know, hit a little harder. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. 
But to think Tyson's not going to be on his toes and Tyson is going to be coming in on the, in, in round one trying to walk Wilder down, I don't see that. I really don't see that. And you have to be far more cautious than that with a guy like Deontay Wilder. But here's where I think the rubber meets the road. I do think Tyson Fury is, um, I don't know, courageous enough. Let's just use courageous. You could use foolish. You could use crazy. I'm going to use courageous enough to get in there and really think he can try to put Deontay away. And look, look, let's let's throw the caveat out to the side. Like Willis said, that's a possibility. I could see that happening. After all, Deontay Wilder does have spaghetti legs, you know, skinny spaghetti legs. Them shit's got to, they just haven't yet, and they've made us all believers at this point. Um, I'll, I'll go back and touch on, like, you know, people are likening him to Tyson a lot these days. But then there was a guy Tyson couldn't knock out, you know. And then when he couldn't knock the guy out, there was really nothing for him to fall back on. You know, he just kind of exerted all his power after about eight, nine rounds, and then he was a punching bag for the most part. Um, but Deontay, uh, all the momentum going into this thing favors Deontay. I'm not sure. Did, did Tyson keep those uh, shades on the entire time? Yes. So now that makes me believe his eyes possibly bruised, I'm sure. Why would he do that? I don't, I don't, you know, of course I believe that, uh, to me, that's a direct indication that he has a bruise over his eye that he doesn't want to expose. You know what I mean? Not, It's not probably open or anything, but his eyes bruised from sparring. And, um, you know, man, those things to me, uh, the, the change in, in trainer, the, the not – really having your identity, you're fluctuating in weight, you don't know what weight you want to be, you don't know how you want to be fighting, those type of things at this high level, I feel like you need to be sure of. And if you look at any of the guys who were the, you know, the goats or the guys who were carrying the torches or the best, the pound for pound guys at the time, what's very consistent about them all is that nothing changes. You know, I, for the most part, I got my trainer, this is how I train. This is who I train with. This is where I train, and that is just the the how it goes. Um, and Tyson, you know, he's a different guy. All that said, all that said, man, um, I think the added weight ah, could could in theory they saying it's going to help him lean, but I think it could backfire and not make Tyson as um, as able to be on his toes as much. And that's where it could really come to hurt him. And that's where I'm going to lie my hat. I think um, the added weight and wanting to and being courageous or crazy enough to sit on them punches will have them in the pocket just a second too long. Uh, Deontay, I've seen him a first time around. That first time around, Deontay probably never fought a guy taller than him um, or a guy who's moving like this and doing all these things he's doing. All that he's been able to have some, some kind of download and take it in, and, you know, I, I just believe – He's the guy that has the advantage going in. All the momentum is in his favor, if you ask me. And that said, I have Deontay with a fourth-round knockout. Four-round knockout for Wilder. That's it. Bonsoir! Man, fourth-round KO, man. Um, Now, you said something interesting, man, that I wanted to – 
I want to talk about. Well, I, I'm sure Sion was going to talk about it a little bit because he sort of hinted towards that with the Eddie Hearn comments. But during the press conference, you know, uh, JP, you were talking about him having the glasses, uh, the shades on the whole time, and it might be because he had something um, done to his eye or he was trying to hide something. Now, I've seen his interviews, I think, the last couple of days. I'm not – they were out the last couple of days. But I'm pretty sure, you know, I think they were like five days out um, when they had it. And they, he was on there, and I, I looked at his eye, and it looked like the eye was all good. So I'm not sure if that was it. But Shine posted a, a, a text us about Eddie Hearn making some statements about rumors that, that he was changing this pick, that he had Fury, but he's hearing some, uh, he heard some rumors about the, the camp and that he was changing his pick to Wilder. And Wilder hinted towards some things that he said that he knew that was going on in Fury's camp and that, uh, you know, he wasn't going to share them, but that he knew some things and he was hearing some things also, man. So I don't know if that's going to weigh in, but let's hear let's hear from my man, Sam. Sam, I know it's Wednesday. I know you might not, you know, you don't like to make picks on Wednesday, but I think we've got everything that we need to make our pick today, man. How do you see this fight? Break it down for us and, uh, and let us know who you got and how you got it happening. Uh, when did I when did I have a problem making picks on Wednesday? I mean, that that's funny, but um, sounds good though. Uh, um, nah, man. I no, mean, you're right. That was your Super Bowl pick. You're right. Maybe not in boxing. That was it. That was your football pick. You're right. You're right. My bad. And I still, and you know, I called that one right, but you know, we're not going to talk about football right now. Uh, yeah, actually, me and you got that one right. As a matter of fact, we both got Casey. Um, yeah. Uh, as far as this fight, um, you kind of hinted at it, and you know, just to rewind real quick, you know, I thought Fury won the first fight. Going into the first fight, I thought Wilder would win a controversial decision. I did not think he was going to knock him out because of a lot of reasons, but, you know, one of the main reasons, which was, uh, you know, I just, I'm just not one of those people that believe knockouts just happen like that, even with guys like Wilder at the elite level. Like, they can happen, of course, but they're not as easy as people think they are. I thought Wilder would win a, uh, get a controversial decision. I didn't call it, you know, obviously it was a draw. It was controversial, but it, was, it wasn't a decision for Wilder. It was a controversial draw. But then, um, so, but, you know, watching the fight, I thought Fury won, clearly. You know what I mean? I watched the fight twice. I watched it originally live, and then I watched it again when I got back home because that that weekend I was in Atlanta. Um, You know, as far as, you know, people watching it multiple times, like three, four, five, six, seven, eight times, at that point you're just trying to convince yourself something happened. It's really not that hard to judge a fight. It's the four criteria over the course of 12 rounds. Watching the fight, to me, Fury won. Going into the rematch, I thought Fury, you know, I was leaning towards Fury, but I'm not a stubborn individual, you know. I base everything off the evidence presented in front of me. You know what I mean? When I thought Fury would win, it was based off how their styles meshed the first time, the ability to make adjustments potentially in a rematch, and just their overall skill set. To me, if everything's all equal, Fury has the better skill set. And, you know, it's, gl- it's good to hear a Wilder fan finally acknowledge it 
because a lot of Wilder fans don't want to be honest with it. But yes, Wilder did feel some of Fury's punches in that fight. I'm glad you mentioned it, Willa. Finally, somebody in the Wilder team, you know, actually admitted it. Yes, people could say he can't punch or this and that or blah, blah, blah. No, he felt punches in that fight. It was clearly his knees buckled multiple times. Now, that, with that being said, like I said, I, I base it off the evidence presented in front of me. You know, things have changed. Fury, Fury suffered a cut. He didn't look so good in that fight either, but mostly, more importantly, the cut. Um, he changed trainers. If he wanted to change trainers, ideally, to me, it would have been right after the Wilder fight so he can get a few fights in develop a good um, uh, a cohesion with your new trainer, then go into the fight with Wilder. Instead of doing it, the fight uh, for, you know, this fight um, going into it. Like, you didn't have even one fight with the guy before facing Wilder again. So that's a little concerning. Then these rumors that I mentioned coming out from her, you know, it's been all but confirmed. I saw an interview earlier. Fury was asked about these supposed injuries. He said, yes, I did have injuries to both of my legs early in camp. He said, but it was early in camp, and it's not that it's not a problem anymore. You know, some could say, hey, he said it's not a problem anymore. Some, you know, but me, I've seen this before, you know. With rumors with certain guys, certain issues happen in camp. They deny it, they deny it, they deny it. They say it's not a big deal. Then we come to find out it was a big deal. Or if they, or when they lose, they do blame that. Case in point, Chad Dawson, back when he fought Andre Ward. So when I'm looking at Wilder's side, no rumors are coming out. He doesn't have any cuts. It's just the same old Wilder, same training camp, same trainer, same process, same everything. There seems like there's a consistency going on. There's no issues. Uh, there's continuity. There's that. So, you know, like I said, I'm not stubborn. I, I can, you know, I can change my pick. I can reevaluate the situation. So based off that, it everything points to Wilder. So that's going to be my pick. I got Wilder winning this fight. How do you have him winning? Is it going to be a knockout? Is he winning some kind of decision? How do you have it? Oh, uh, man, this is tough. This is tough. Uh, it's, 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 hard to, it's so hard to say because um, on one hand, it's wilder, but then, you know, we know what he does, but then it's like, well, he didn't do it the first time. You see what I'm saying? But you got Fury saying he's going to come at him. Well, maybe it makes sense why he's going to come at him because he got leg issues. You know, well, he does have leg issues. We don't know the severity of it anymore, but he said he has leg issues. What does that tell you? He's probably going to sit in the pocket more, you know? So, I don't know, you know? Uh, so, it's um, you know, like on both, it's I could see it either way. Like, you know, but if I had to, if, if – 
you twist my arm and make me say which way, I'll probably say a late stoppage, you know? But like I said, it's hard to really gauge because he's supposed to be the biggest puncher. Well, he, no, he is the biggest puncher in the game, no question. And we saw him go 12 rounds with him. You know what I mean? Even when he landed punches, you know, Fury showed the, elus- the elusiveness, the toughness, the grit to be able to weather the storm and still not get stopped. So, you, you know, we've seen it done before, so, you know, I could potentially see it again. But then there's these other issues going on where you're like, maybe there's too much going on now to where Wilder's going to have enough to just finish him this time, you know? So, and, you know, if I had to, I'd probably lean more towards that side. So, yeah, I'll probably say like, you know, like a, like a later round stoppage. Later round stoppers, there we go. JP with the fourth round. Sign picking the late round stoppage. But the injuries are confirmed. Like I said, I'm going to repeat myself. It's it's not a rumor no more. He said there are leg issues. So There are leg issues. I mean, okay. it is what it well, is. Well, yeah. That, yeah. That's okay. That's something that I, 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 didn't, I didn't hear, man. I'm glad you confirmed that for us. So, yeah, we heard that. Have leg, you said with both his legs, right? Yeah, that's what he said. I'll I'll, I'll find it and I'll I'll, put, I'll send it to you guys, so you guys can see it for yourself. Okay. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I put out the back. I mean, he downplayed it. Like that. I said, he downplayed it. But you have to also ask yourself, you know, you know, is he believable? I mean, is he just downplaying it because you know the fight's happening and he don't want you know people to feel like this fight's a joke or this and that, or he maybe he's trying to pump himself up, you know? Because we've seen this before with fighters. They'll say that, oh, nothing, no, everything's good. And then after the fight, oh, in reality, you know, I had this issue. You know what I mean? But right. he, he said, he said, yeah, I had, I had injuries with both of my legs. He said it was at the early part of camp, but it's not an issue now. But, you know, we know most camps are between, what, eight to what? 12 weeks at the most, 12 is actually stretching it. If you had leg injuries, you know, on both of your legs, and it was an eight-week camp or something, I mean, how much of it could have really went away? You know what I mean? Just saying. No, right. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense, man. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but like I said, we've got two picks for Deontay Wilder. I put out the back signal, and we didn't want to have the show without my man out there in Central California making this pick, man. He's probably out out on the scene somewhere. It's what time is it there? It's 8, 10 in California, so he might be at the club. He's probably been at the club for like three or four hours already. But let's take it to my man, R.C., let him get his pick in. R.C., you got J.P. making saying Wilder fourth-round stoppage. I'm saying late round stoppage because he's he's hearing about the injuries to Tyson Fury's legs, man. But how do you see it? The biggest fight since May uh, since Pacquiao since Mayweather Pacquiao Wilder putting up his WBC heavyweight championship against the so-called lineal champion Tyson Fury, man. What's popping, RC, man? How do you see the fight? And how do you, how do you see it going? And, and how does it end? Well, first things first, I resent the fact that you would think I'd be at the club <laughs> on a Wednesday at 8 o'clock. 
actually, I, I mean, <laughs> hey, um, first and foremost, uh, besides all that, Sam, JP, Willard, how y'all doing, man? I had to come on, I had to come on here, get here as soon as I could. Um, love, just coming home from the gym, actually, um, having my cardio camp start right now. So, um, yeah. Ran into some uh, old old homeboys I played football with in high school, and we all just ended up doing some some work together. It took longer than expected, but um, then the drive home and all that good stuff. I don't want to I don't want to come here with the <clears throat> with the sounds of the car going off and shit. So, uh, yeah, but uh, man, big fight, big fight, big fight. You know it's a big fight when you got. Skip and Shannon talking about it on Undisputed. It's always funny to hear outside perspective uh, uh, on the fight. And just goes to show what kind of magnitude it has. And um, it seems like we've been waiting for it for a really, really long time, but it hasn't been that goddamn long. You know, compared to other big fights that we kind of wait for uh, or have waited for, I should say. Uh, But I don't know, man. This uh, this fight seems uh, it seems like we always want to look at some of the fights that expect the unexpected. Sometimes, like when Andre Ward ended up stopping Kovalev, if you had said before that fight after where the first one ended, like how, what, what kind of what a, what kind of percentage would boxing fans put out that they would say that Kovalev is going to get stopped by Andre Ward? It would be. Well, I know I did. It would be. The, uh, well, you should you you should be Scrooge McDuck right now doing this podcast swimming in gold coins if you would have went and put some money down on Vegas somewhere or wherever it was. Yeah, uh, right. But um, <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> but I like this fight a lot, man. Um, I can see Tyson Fury really looking a lot better than he did in the first fight. But, and I'm not buying the whole bullshit, you know, the the whole theatrical part about it when it comes to storytelling. Like, you know, I'm going to go in there and, and uh, you know, go for the second round knockout because I can't win on the cards. We know what time it is when it comes to that good stuff. Um, but, uh, man, I, I, really do, I really do think Wilder's going to go in there and finish the job this time. And it will be just finishing this job because I would expect the trilogy to happen. Uh, you know, they're talking about it. Some people didn't even think the second fight was going to happen. I thought that was a foregone conclusion. But um, if I had to, if I had to say, um, I think that Deontay Wilder is going to get him out of there um, in the eighth round, possibly ninth at the latest, but I'm going to stay eight instead of nine. I just think that uh, in the first fight, Wilder uh, was uh, a little apprehensive being in the ring with the fighter of the the elite caliber that Tyson Fury is. And I think that he's going to be able to uh, pick and choose, stick and move, all that good stuff uh, a little bit better, using his his mind a little bit. So we could say uh, expect the unexpected, which would be Tyson Fury knocking out Deontay Wilder. Or you could say use, use the same logic and say that Deontay Wilder will fight a smarter fight, which would ultimately lead to him um, getting him out of there. We see Wilder always um, 
land some of his uh, best shots after parrying the jab and uh, or fainting the jab, I should say, fainting the jab. And um, I think that, you know, Fury mentioned it, that Wilder has a really good jab, and he should use it more. And, I mean, I think that when, once Wilder does use that jab, it, it just follows up flush with the that uh, that bomb that he got attached to his arm. And uh, you know me, Willa, you guys know I'm a big Tyson Fury fan. Sam always likes to say that he, he made the ultimate prediction of Vladimir Klitschko losing to Tyson Fury, but we all we all thought that was going to happen anyway. So he don't get that one. <laughs> Sam, I know, <laughs> I know Sam over there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> he about to break his phone over that. <laughs> On another planet, you made that prediction. Hey man, we all knew that was gonna happen, bro. <laughs> you know, but hey, you know, it seems like an upset on the other side. But I think that Wilder's gonna get him out of there in eight rounds, bro. I think that it's gonna be, um, I think it's gonna be a, uh, it's gonna look like a chess match for the first few rounds. I don't, I ain't buying the shit that Fury's saying that he's trying to go on the phone booth and get it out, get it done with early because he don't trust his scorecards. He's a he's a mastermind, that Tyson Fury, smart man. But um, I got Deontay Wilder getting him out of there in eight rounds. And I just think that it's going to come down to Deontay Wilder um, boxing smarter than he did the first go-around, given the fact that this will be round 13 between the two. So um, I just think that he's going to be able to use – I mean, hey, we all know Wilder's not the most technically sound fighter, but he does have a good jab that will lead up into his power shots, and I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, man. Well, there goes another one for Wilder. Wilder so far, 3-0 and on this show. And if you know me, you know I'm going to make it 4-0. Four four no. But like I said, yeah, yeah. I, have, I, I didn't make my pick yet, but I'm, 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 it's pretty much 4-0 <laughs> right now. No, you did make a you pick, know. dude. You don't remember making a pick? You said I got Wilder by knockout. When did I say that? Did I say that this show? No, I said I'm not going to make my pick yet. Yeah. Not man, and not only that, back in OTG, back in the OTG days, when Simon wasn't in the Facebook group, but all the European dudes already knew who Will is picking. Whenever there's a brother fighting someone from overseas. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I gotta go with Wilder, but like I said, I'm a little, you know, this is more, this is a sixty forty fight to me. You know, this might be. Um, 55-45 fight to me because, like I was saying earlier, Tyson Fury can box, man. And if he's, if he's sitting down on those shots and he's sitting in there and he's got Wilder by 40 pounds and he's able to absorb a few of those shots and land his own, you know, we could be it could be a long night. Well, not a long night. It will be a short night for Deontay Wilder, man. But I'm thinking, you know, this might be wishful thinking. I'm thinking Wilder will use his jab, will use his jab early, will go to the body a little more uh, than he did the first – well, not a little more, a lot more than he did the first five. I believe he said he was supposed to, but he was just too so anxious to get the knockout that he went crazy in there. Um, you know, if Tyson Fury wants to sit, sit around and exchange, I think, you know, we're giving the advantage to Wilder, but Wilder – like JP had said, got them spaghetti legs, man. And when a guy's 40 pounds heavier than you is sitting down on the shots and sitting there and trading with you, 
you never know what's going to happen. We saw, like I said, we saw what happened when he got touched by Ortiz. Now, Ortiz is probably punching harder than Fury, but Fury's a little bigger than him. And sitting down and leaning on the shots, that's a lot of weight behind that, man. And with heavyweights, it only just takes that one punch. So my official pick, my official pick is going to be similar to RC's. I'm looking at, I'm going to say the ninth round stoppage. I'm seeing Wilder being able to do a little more body work, being able to work that jab and getting Fury out of there. But I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be too surprised if Fury went in there and got the job done, man. And I hate to say it, but, you know, that's just giving credit to Fury. I don't think he's a bum. I think he's pretty good fighter. He's a real good fighter. Um, with him having leg leg issues, he's gonna he's not going to be able to move around. That gives the advantage to Wilder. He's not going to be able to move around as much if he's, you know, if he's probably still having leg issues. Which, like Sam said, if you only and that, that's why I told, that's why I think he's going to try to lean on him, like because you know they 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 teach you they say like if you want to take if a guy has like a monstrous punch right a certain hand they they teach you you either you either circle away from it or you you fight all the way inside and smother it right. So right. let's say he does have hurt. like let's let's say he does have leg injuries right. What would that tell you he's probably going to do? Because he knows he can't circle away. That tells you he's probably going to try to get close and try to like manhandle him, you know, smother the right hand. Because with Wilder's right hand, if you notice, Wilder likes to get full extension on his right hand. You know, he likes to he likes to hit you at the end of the right hand. Boom, boom, and then you know with that explosiveness. But if you're on if you're in his chest. It's harder to get that, you know, it's harder to land the right hand like that. You know what I mean? And if you got leg injuries, you basically have no choice but to be in the guy's chest. You know what I'm saying? But um, but it's still dangerous because the guy, you know, is a fucking insane puncher. But, um, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting here like, you know, like, oh, you know, it's this, you know, this is, you know, a for sure thing, because at the end of the day, we really don't know. Like, Fury, Fury might have had some, I mean, he did have injuries. He admitted it, but he, his injuries might be okay. They might not. It's like there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of unknown. You know what I'm saying? We don't know if the cut is going to open up. We don't know if his new trainer has really implemented some really good shit, and everything's good. The reason why I'm riding with, with Wilder is because of the lack of uncertainty, you know? They're, like, we, I know what I'm getting from Wilder. And based off that, you know, I'm riding with Wilder. But if Fury, you know, is ready to go and, and there's no issues, it's, it's going to be like it's, the fight's going to look similar to the first fight. You know what I mean? And then that could go either way. You know what I mean? But right now, it just so many things point to Wilder. And... uh is really no way around it. Hey, and one thing I think we learned over the years, especially with like Floyd, every fight, every fight, right? Or even Pacquiao after he stopped knocking guys out. They always say, Freddie Woach would always come out and say, this fight, we're going to knock the guy out every single time. And every single time they go right back to being who the hell we know them to be. 
So let's just take that into consideration. But I also want to add this. Look, that Sugar Hill guy, I don't know if you guys heard his interview on the Boxing Voice. He is um, the guy who trained up Adonis Stevenson to throw that right hand. And everybody else, um, you know how they get down that crunk with basically left, right. And, you know, and I don't know if I've – Fury seems to lack a lot of mobility as far as his – I don't see him throw hooks. So I, I assume Fury and the success that he had in the first fight was with the one-two. And that's what they teach at Crump. That's what Vladimir did. That's what Tommy Hearns did. That's what they do is they throw that one-two. And um, I could see Tyson landing that and hurting Deontay. But the difference here at this time is it'll just be the, the difference in the anxious nerves Deontay is, is having. You know, that was by far the biggest stage and by far the biggest guy he's ever seen. So I just think having a sense of familiarity – here is going to do do wonders for him in that sense. And um, oh, yeah. Tyson, you know, the, the him, and like I said, in the hood, I don't give a fuck what happened. If you get dropped twice and you don't drop me, I won. So I believe Tyson, is like, that's a part that's going into play. I believe Tyson is crazy and he's is a proud guy. And you're going to have to really get him out of there. And I believe there's a part of Tyson that's coming in like, you know what, I'm not going to fucking run and dance with this guy. I heard him. I know I heard him. They know they heard him. They're, they're you know, they're boxers. They, they seen the footage. They know what a guy looks like when he's hurt. I think they're going to get in there, and not the whole time, but there's going to be times where Tyson dares to stay there and try to get his off. And with a guy like Deontay, all it takes is a blink of an eye, and all we see is fucking dust water off of your head because you're now on the ground and there's water where you were. A blink of eye, so it's very dangerous. It's a, a tight, uh, walking a tight mm-hmm. with that guy, but I think we'll see it. And if, and if one that thing happens, that worries me, one thing that worries me, though, about Wilder, and this is just goes for any fighter, past or present, uh, I never like when a, a pro fighter acts like he can't be hurt by another fighter. You know, I never liked that. You're talking about another grown man that knows how to punch correctly. And a lot of times, all it takes is you getting hit with a shot you don't see or you running into a shot, you know? And Yeah, but fine. But you, but fine. Uh, you know Wilder's you know playing a poker face on that one because, like, alluding to what JP's saying, I agree with JP saying I think that if, if Fury does – because I know Fury does believe that he hurt him. Uh, he he did hit Wilder with a couple shots, and Wilder did his legs tell the truth. Like uh, Andre Ward's breakdown on ESPN Plus that he had is really good. And I know that Fury does think that he hurt him, and he probably if he does lean forward and and, and is believing what he's actually saying and what he's telling the people, then I think that you know JP might be on point with his pick and four, or maybe maybe earlier if something happens. We've seen shit like that happen all the time. But if, if Fury is, is really buying into that, and, and, you know, like you're saying about the leg movement, his leg injury, he's not going to be able to circle. So let's just smother him and see if we get something on the inside. Then it could be a either way type of fight early. You know what I mean? And, I mean, I think that Fury, I, I really do believe that Fury uh, thinks that he's hurt Wilder. And Wilder knows it too. Whether Wilder will admit it or not, Wilder knows he got hit. He got hurt in that fight for 
however long it would have been, or maybe in a certain round or whatnot. But he knows that Fury can pack a punch, even though he's not known for being a knockout artist. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But I'm saying the stuff that I'm only going off what he's saying and how he's acting. And he's like, he don't hit hard, this and that, you know. And I just never like hearing that because I've seen fighters in the past. You mentioned one earlier, Sergey Kovalev. Go back and watch the interviews with Sergey Kovalev. Go back on, like, uh, leading into the rematch. He was talking about how Ward had no power. Right, right. He, he, he hit like a girl. He hit like a girl, right? Yeah. Guess what happened? He yeah. got hit with a right hand. He didn't see, and that finished him off. That was the start of the, the beginning of the end, so to speak. Yep. You know? And Ricky Hatton did the same thing about Floyd Mayweather. He said, oh, he ain't got no power. Look at him. He fought Castillo twice. Couldn't hurt him. I stopped yep. Castillo with a body shot, blah, blah, blah. You know? And I just, some of the things that is coming out of Wilder's mouth, I'm like, I hope he don't really believe that because I never like when a fighter says that man it's like to think that you cannot be hurt by another fighter you know especially a fighter that potentially is going to be 30 plus pounds heavier than you on fight night we're talking about 200 plus pound guys i don't know man i just i hope he what i'm saying is i hope he doesn't believe it to the point where he starts making mistakes in the ring that theory can capitalize on in the fight yeah, I, I feel what you're saying. I feel what you're saying, Simon, but I don't think he believes that. I think he's saying that because, like you said, I, I think we all agreed that we saw him hurt. And if we saw him hurt, he knew he was hurt. Now, I've heard him say he wasn't hurt, but yep. we saw it. I mean, we we saw him get hit. We saw his eyes, you know, get a little watery and, and get big after he got back and started backing up. So, you know, we're going to see, man. But this fight is going to be epic, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, holding exactly, exactly. So I think this fight's gonna be epic. All four of us got Wilder winning. Me and Sim see it happening. Could see Fury winning. But uh, yeah, man, I'm very excited. Like I said, I won't be having any kind of fight party. I'm not paying money and having people over to watch the bums fight at the beginning. Well, Navarati isn't a bum, and. Um, What's the look? What's the tall guy's name? Six five, junior middleweight, uh, Sebastian Fundura. He's not a bum, but yeah, nobody's worried about him right now. Yeah, nobody's worried about him, man. But it's gonna be a hell of a fight. Forward to it, and uh, I think that's where we're gonna end it, guys. So in closing, uh, I want to go through, just run it down. JP, you got any last words over this fight, man? And yeah, just before we before we get into it. No. Uh, not much, man. Just uh, excited for a big night of boxing. I think the celebrities going to be out. Um, I think the gram and all that stuff will be lit with boxing. And if old Deontay, man, um, Deontay's on the cusp right now. If he can end this fight emphatically, he can jump in the in the conversation with the LeBrons and and those guys as far as being like a top athlete in the United States. I think him winning this fight emphatically uh, can do that for him. And, uh, you know, it's been a long time coming. I think he's the guy for that spot. Uh, Like we always say around here, we want our quarterbacks to look like Tom Brady, and I want my fucking heavyweight to look like Deontay Wilder. Let's go. Let's go. Sign, man, any last words on the fight? 
Uh, man, just hope for a good fight, a definitive winner, no controversy. There you go. RC, before we get out of here, any last words, brother? Yeah, uh, echoing both sentiments from both these good men, JP and Simon. man. No controversy. Uh, we already had that before. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I hope that um, the, given the fact that there was controversy based on the fact that Jack Reese probably took two to three seconds before he started his count, I'm not on that boat, but, you know, the conspiracy theorists of the Wilder fans out there think that he got screwed because of such. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, Skip Bayless and, 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 uh, and Shannon talking about it, Skip did allude to that. And we know that, uh, he has a way of mind warping certain fans who might not be big boxing fans, but will be tuning in. And, uh, it's just something to keep your eye on when it comes to, uh, anything, uh, that could be noted as funny business, like the first time around. But I think that this one will be a fight that's going to solidify a clear cut winner and, uh, uh, I'm confident in my pick, and uh, it's no slight on Tyson Fury whatsoever, given the fact that he's been, you know, fighting some bums, got cut by a bum, was in the WWE with Braun Strowman, talking about UFC, working out with, uh, I can't remember his name right now, Stipe Miocic, I believe. But uh, a guy who seems like he's kind of just going through different avenues in what I sort of think is a little preparation for life after this type of uh, uh, a a big fight, but um, no slight on Tyson Fury, man. This is one of the most skilled fighters in all the game, regardless of weight class. And uh, I'm just hoping it's going to lead up to all expectations of how much of a a big drama show that this will be. I think it's going to be that. And I think that everyone who's going to pay for it is going to get their money's worth. And anyone who's watching it, as we all will be, will be, uh, you know, will be, will be, uh, having a popcorn ready and enjoying it. So um, I'm looking forward to it, man. And uh, we will be rocking early Sunday morning, uh, 9 a.m. or whenever y'all ready to go, but I'm going to be up early uh, chilling and, and we're going to cover all this stuff, all the, all the good stuff and, and talk about what's next. Cause they're talking about trilogy, but um, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm on pins and needles. So. Yeah, definitely. I believe that the, I believe that there is a, rematch clause that the loser can take uh if if need be if they want it they can have it so we'll probably definitely be uh, we'll be seeing a, a three um especially with the money that can be made and uh but yeah man like you guys said i i want to stick with that hopefully there's this is a straightforward winner hopefully we see wilder with the ko but more than that i want to see a good fight i don't really care i mean i do care but I don't mind who wins as long as we get a good fight, we get a good winner. And more than likely, I'm going to be, I'm going to try to do this live tweeting thing, try to keep my, my rounds up on, on Twitter so I can go back and we can see exactly what I thought about it and what, you know, round by round. So, yeah, man. Yeah, you should do that, Will. We'll, you should do that. That's fun. Yeah. And yeah, also, think, one more thing. Do. Hopefully, uh, Hopefully, um, all this injury rumors and cut and all that, hopefully all that is not that big of a deal and Fury's coming in here to win. This isn't a cash out. This isn't a, you know, he's coming in 60%. Hopefully, you know, none of these guys are coming in at 100. You know, we get it because of the grind of training camp. 
But just I'm just hoping he's giving an honest effort, man. That's what that's what I'm that's the biggest worry I have right now, which is he comes in there, he's a shell of himself, and you know, he kind of ruins a, a fight that we were anticipating, you know. That's the one thing in the back of my head I'm worried about. But I hope I'm not hope it's not the case. Hope Fury's coming to win. He's gonna be ready. He's gonna put on a you know a good performance, win or lose, and that's it. I don't want no situation where a couple rounds in or whatever, we're like, Oh yeah, this guy just showed up for the check. So hopefully not. All right, yeah. a little one last thing. Uh Kenny Bayless, quick count Kenny. Don't hurt him, don't touch him, Kenny. He's the fucking ref, so read into that as you will. Yeah, we won't be having no long counts. We might be have we might have a wave off. That's why I, I don't want to see I don't want to see Wilder get hit hit like he did against Ortiz and start you know running around the ring like he was doing that last time, man. I don't want to see that, and I definitely don't want to see Fury come in there half assed man. But I believe in Fury. I think even if he is sixty percent, I don't think he's the type of guy that would just try to get paid. But you never know, you know, money talks. And there's a lot of money on the line, man, especially when you know that you can get the third fight automatically and there'll be even even more money more than likely. So that's where we're going to leave it, guys. Great fight this weekend. Shitty undercard. But hopefully the main event will overshadow all the whackness that is that, uh, you know, co-promotion undercard. So, yeah. We'll see y'all on Sunday morning, early. Hopefully, we'll be talking about how great the fights were. And, yeah, that's where we're going to leave it. Shout out to my man, JP. Definitely shout out to RC. Shout out to my boy, Seattle Sign, man. This is Outsiders Boxing Podcast midweek show with our predictions 4-0 for Wilder, a.k.a. The King, a.k.a. Mr. Hopefully, we can open the show up with that announcement on Sunday, man. So, we'll catch y'all. RC will be holding us down on Sunday morning, and we'll see what the fight has, what it has to hold, man. So, until then, we'll catch y'all outside this boxing podcast. We out. Peace.